Welcome to another episode of the Madison Beat Podcast. Today we'll be talking about AST, Assured Short Hold Tenancy, with Esther Marshall and Holly Minnie from Madison Peak. So what is a short Assured Short Hold Tenancy? An Assured Short Hold Tenancy is the basic tenancy agreement that is granted now to anyone who rents a property. It's been enforced for around about the last 20 to 30 years. It's the standard form of agreement that you will get if you went to rent a house or a flat or any sort of residential property. So, as a landlord, how would you evict your tenants? Well, the important thing to note is that without a court order, it is illegal to evict your tenants. You must go to court and get an order for possession first. And in doing so, you would have two options, and we call them the Section 21 Accelerated Procedure or the Section 8 Procedure. And I know that Holly's now going to talk a little bit about the Section 21 Procedure. Just on from what Esther was just saying there, it's actually a criminal offence to evict um, anyone without a court order, not just a civil offence. So Holly, can you explain what a Section 21 Accelerated Procedure means? Section 21 procedure is the procedure whereby a landlord um, can get possession back off their property. We say you're entitled to possession as of right. It's basically, I'm the landlord, I want my property back. The tenant doesn't have to have done anything. They could be the best tenant on the planet. You're just entitled to have your property back as the owner of that property. You can't um, start a Section 21 possession proceedings whilst they're in is an existing tenancy agreement. As soon as that tenancy agreement has come to an end, you can um, serve notice under Section 21 to obtain possession back of your property. Holly, can you also explain if was there going to be an end to the Section 21 procedure? Um, There was. Prior to um, the COVID pandemic, there was um, proposals which looked like they were going to come into force, which were going to be big changes to the eviction process for residential tenants. The thought process being it gives residential tenants greater protection and allows them to stay in a property longer term. The plan was that the Section 21 process, whereby a landlord is entitled to possession of their property as of right, was to be completely and utterly removed. Um, And so landlords would therefore really only be able to evict tenants where there was a breach of the tenancy agreement. Esther, can you you explain what the current Section 8 grounds are then? Well, well, as Holly's explained, the Section 21 procedure is a no-fault procedure. In order to proceed under Section 8, you need to show that you can satisfy certain grounds. Some of them are around something that the tenant might have done wrong. Some of them are related to the landlord. For instance, um, one ground under Section 8 is that as a landlord, you had previously lived in the property and now you want to live in it again. Or it might be that you need to sell the property. In terms of um, grounds relating to the tenant's behaviour, arrears of rent is a Section 8 ground. If you can show that the tenant is in arrears of two months' rent in a tenancy where rent is paid monthly, then that is what we call a mandatory ground. The court has no choice but to grant you possession. Alternatively, if the tenant is late with paying their rent on a regular basis, you could rely on that but that's a discretionary ground and it's up to the judge on the day whether or not they feel that possession should be granted. Other Section 8 grounds include um, antisocial behaviour or um, if the tenant has damaged the property or some other breach of their tenancy agreement.
Has there been any reforms to this or are there any planned? As part of the overall reforms that were due to come into place, um, some reforms were going to come into the Section 8 process as well. With the removal of the no-fault no eviction, they were the plan was to widen the grounds under Section 8. Esther spoke about two of the grounds being that the landlord wishes to move back into the property and or the landlord wishes to sell the property. Currently, under Section 8, the, if you wish to move back into the property, a notice had to be served at the time that you granted the tenancy agreement, so basically prior to the tenant moving in. In most cases, that's never done. Um, so under the proposed new grounds, they were putting in a provision that that notice could be served later. The same um, where the landlord wished to sell the property, a provision was being included that notice could be served upon the tenant that um, the landlord was going to sell and therefore they needed um, the, um, the property um, empty to allow them to sell. So Esther, can you explain what all this means for landlords? Well, if the proposed reforms do ever um, make it into law, then it's going to make life very difficult for landlords because if the Section 21 procedure is no longer available, then unless the tenant has done something wrong, and or you've served the appropriate notices at the outset of the tenancy, um, you're going to really struggle to gain possession from your tenants and you may find yourself stuck with tenants in a property um, and no way to, to evict them. So I think it will mean that people will have to think really carefully before taking on a property that they want to rent out. So Holly, can you explain what fees a landlord can charge? Landlords are really limited now as to what fees they can pass on to their tenants. Formerly, um, landlords were able to pass on sort of administrative fees that their um, age, they incurred by the agents. But all of this has been banned and you're not allowed to now charge any fees to your tenants that basically incurred by your agent. There's also um, legislation that prevents you from having what a kind of hidden stroke holding deposits. A deposit has to be properly taken and properly paid into a scheme and you can't now try and take a sort of holding deposit at the outset which is kind of used to hide fees and things like that that the landlord's trying to pass on to the tenant. So to summarise, pretty much nothing can be passed on to the tenant and the landlord, any fees that the landlord incurs are pretty much the landlord's fees. What about enforcement? Is that going to be an issue? Well. When we talk about enforcement in the context of recovering possession, what we mean is that once you have your order for possession um, that the court has granted, essentially that's just a piece of paper to say that you are entitled to possession generally within 14 days. But the tenants very often will not move out even though you have your order for possession. The next stage um, would be enforcement, by which we mean obtaining a warrant to allow either the county court bailiffs or high court enforcement officers to visit the property and forcefully evict the tenants. Basically you um, request the warrant from the court and then on an appointed day the bailiffs will attend and um, as long as you authorise them they can use force to remove the tenants. Now what we don't mean is um, physical violence against the tenants, it simply means that they can um, take their belongings outside, move the tenants outside of the property and you can then change the locks. Just on from what Esther was saying um, at the start of that point, um, once you get the 
um, eviction order from the court, um, we often find that tenants don't leave. This is especially um, the case where the tenants want to be rehoused by the local authority. Although the local authorities have been told not to do this, the local authorities will say to tenants, that's fine, stay put, we're not rehousing you until the bailiffs are going to basically turn up. The local authorities will basically class tenants that they've made themselves voluntarily homeless if they leave prior to the bailiff attendance date. So if you have a tenant that you know is trying to basically be rehoused by the local authority, you pretty much know you're going to have to go all the way through to the bailiff to turn it up before you'll get possession of your property back. So Holly, can you explain what the courts are doing at the moment? There's huge delays in the courts. Um, the courts were delayed prior to um, the sort of delays that were put in place over for, during the uh, COVID. But um, during probably for about an 18 month period, we couldn't actually evict anyone. So there's been a huge backlog, um, which is still working its way through the courts at the moment. So the issue of proceedings and the whole actually processing of the court proceedings is taking a lot longer than it ever did in the past and then the use of the county court bailiffs the wait time for them is ridiculously long at the moment you could easily be waiting three or four months for a bailiff to attend an eviction from the date that you have a possession order well, thank you both for answering today's questions on AST. As always, if you found this podcast episode helpful, more information and videos are available on our website or you can contact us today on 01708 784000.